You are listening to the Revive the World Ministries podcast. We hope this message encourages you to be all God created you to be so that you can impact the world around you with the love and power of God. For more information about us, you can visit our website at revivetheworld.org or visit us in person each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. We hope to connect with you soon. You know, I love what, if you've ever heard of Life Hetland before, I, when talking to him and hearing him teach, I remember him saying that you must have the heart of the lamb before you can roar like a lion. <laughs> you know, one of those things that we learn uh, through receiving his love, that we're worthy of his love, is that we gain the heart of the lamb through realizing that. Because it tenderizes the heart, it gives us, you know, it, it gives us his heart for people. And then it gives us the ability in doing that of realizing not only am I worthy of his love because he says so and because of what he paid, but also he's worthy of me laying down my life and saying it's it's all for you and in that we gain boldness to roar like the lion and see see everything that he uh he demonstrated for us everything that he paid for us everything that he is to us we get to be a part of that it's beautiful it's it's the kingdom oh yeah i love i get so much revelation when songs are are being sung in worship because there's so much truth our you know, Sarah and the team do such a beautiful job of articulating kingdom truths through our worship. They're very selective in what they sing, and they don't sing lyrics that we don't believe line up with kingdom truth. Um, because you're making declarations, you're doing something that's very valuable and very important when you're when you're singing. You're not just singing songs. It's not like singing along to the radio. Right, it's declaring truth over your life, over over your family, over our city, over our nation, over the nations of the world. It's it's powerful. It really is. When we grab a hold of that and realize that that my words just don't disintegrate when they come out of my mouth, but they actually release grace, they release power, and they go out and they destroy darkness. They tear down strongholds. Right, it penetrates the hearts of people. Like like your words are powerful. Yeah, it's, uh, it's amazing. So, it's not what I'm talking about today, but I do have a, a, a quick reminder. Um, in four weeks from tomorrow, we go back to Pakistan again. So, we'll be back in Karachi again. Just a, a little recap for those of you that, that don't know. been there three times in the last year and a half. Almost going on two years, been there three times, uh, strategic in every visit. This one is no different, very strategic, and we're learning things every time we go. Um, one of the things that we will continue to do that we're doing this time is we will plant a clean water hand pump in a village that has never had clean water before, and uh, the villages are right now in a really bad place because they're flooded, and 70, they, their guesstimate... Um, educated guests, about 70,000 people don't have housing right now. Um, and so that's unfortunately part of the flooding process that they go through almost essentially every summer time because they really don't get any rain except for in the summer. So we'll be out there in the villages. Uh, and by we, I mean me, Matt General, uh, Joe, and Aaron will be going this time. Uh, please be in prayer for their visas to go through. Matt and I both have two-year visas so we're, we're actually good, but their visas, we've been having problems with the website, which is not anything uncommon for uh, the PAC visa process, unfortunately, because their website's not always great. So we are waiting for those visas to go through. So we'll be out in the villages planning a clean water hand pump. Uh, we'll be doing a pastor's training for 150 pastors, um, an all-day training from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. We'll feed them. Uh, we'll do high tea after after lunch, and um, we will get to do about five sessions of teaching with them, because that's our heart, 
If you want to impact and influence culture and change the spiritual atmosphere or temperature of a place, you must reach leaders. You, ha- you, you have to reach leaders. Um, unfortunately, some of us don't like this, but change doesn't often happen or rarely happens from the bottom up. It happens from the top down. And so that, it's, it's, things have to shift. And so we get the privilege of, of going in and, and being with them, training them, not coming in saying we know something you don't, but coming in to actually serve them, empower them, and refresh them um, because they don't often get that. Uh, it, their culture is just a little bit different than ours in the sense that they work, they work really hard. They work seven days a week, and they realize that they don't live for a real long time. So they're getting it all in while they can. And, um, and so it's just, it's just different. So we're doing that, and then we're doing uh, another crusade. And the crusade, Donish told me just the other day, he said the minimum we expect to be 50,000, but upwards of 70 to 80,000 people uh, is the expectation. And uh, with the hopes of at least, quite possibly more than that, being uh, people from other faiths that will come um, to be healed, to be set free, because uh, even Muslims believe that Jesus is healer and that Jesus can set them free from demons, and uh, they realize um, that they need that. And so their expectation is to see a lot of them get born again as well as healed and set free. So it's just going to be a huge privilege. But remember what I've told you before, when we sow into the kingdom, we're not just giving money away, we're making an investment right? There's people that are, are sent ones and those that are senders. Not everybody's called to go, and that's good, right? Not everybody's supposed to do that, but there are those that are supposed to be sending, and so we need your help. We need your prayers. We need your financial help, um, and so if you want to give to that, I'll get you uh, an accurate, um, up-to-date, how much we need here before long, probably in the next week, um, but it's still quite a few thousand dollars to go, and you and I get to watch Jesus come through, as he always does. I just feel, it's just, you know, coming out of sabbatical, I trust God more than I've ever trusted him before. It just seems even easier to trust him. Um, if you haven't learned it by now, that's essentially what this whole thing is based on, me trusting him, and um, <clears throat> because he already trusts me. So it's beautiful. And so you can give. You can go to revivetheworld.org, and you have a, there's a Pakistan button. Partner with Pakistan. It'll give you some pictures and some stuff that we've done. And um, in the past uh, two years or year and a half, and that way you can donate there. We know it's specified for Pakistan. Um, if you give through cash, check, or square, square reader, uh, cash or check, we just need you to write it on the envelope for Pakistan. And then if it's through the square reader, there's no way to actually, uh, we're, we're working on like edging the square reader out because there's so many other ways to give. Um, but until then, we'll need you to write something on the envelope and say, hey, this is for Pakistan. And so I just ask that you pray for us and pray about, uh, pray about supporting that because it's a beautiful work that God's doing uh, in the Middle East. And we get to be a part of what he's doing and what's been one of the darkest places in the world for, for quite some time. But Jesus is changing that. So it's, it's good. So before I get started on a message that I had uh, no intention of preaching this morning, I had something totally, totally different, and then I didn't get my way. Uh, so <laughs> I'm like, geez, I really want to preach the second part of this message from last week. He's like, well, what do you want? Your will? <laughs> I'm like, I oh, no. That's never worked out for me in the past. But I'm going to have uh, a young man come up. Josh, will you come up and, and, and pray? I just felt like Josh had something to release today. Just go for it. Yeah, thank you, bro. Jesus, I just want to thank you for your presence in this place. I just want to thank you that you're here, Jesus. I just release your peace, Jesus, your joy. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that we can be here this morning and just be in your presence, Jesus, and that we just get to take your presence everywhere we go. Thank you, Jesus, that you're, you're our provider, Jesus. You're our healer. Yeah. Jesus, I want to pray for this trip for Pakistan, Jesus. I just want to pray that you'll bless all these men that are going. Thank you for their yes, Jesus. I just pray that you'll provide everything that they need. I pray that you'll open up 
all the borders, all the visas. I just pray that you'll really have your hand on it. I pray that you'll just prepare the hearts of the people that are in Pakistan, Jesus, that they'll just be ready to receive what you have for them, Jesus. Thank you that you're the light of the world. Thank you that you gave yourself, Jesus, for all those people and for us, Jesus. I just pray that this trip will be a trip that will really mark people's people's story, Jesus. It will really just be a, a shifter in their lives, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that you're so good to us. I just bless Pastor Tony now as he speaks to us, Jesus, that it will really be your Holy Spirit speaking to us, Jesus. Open up our hearts so we will just learn and understand everything you have to say for us this this morning, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Jesus, Josh and Josh and, and Isabella like are, are are part of part of the generation that that God is is raising up, and I I don't want you to hear this wrong because he's he's doing it in all age ranges of people, young and old, and everybody in between, but the the young adults, what God's doing and releasing through, just like he is through you guys. Uh, the the mantle for for mission work um, here in the U.S. and and both abroad um, marked by the miraculous is is you guys signify what that looks like to the rest of us and I really believe that that you guys and the the young adults that Jesus is raising up is going to sh- is going to actually cause hunger in uh, a lot of older people. <laughs> like me, uh, and older, um, it's going to actually, fan, a thing that Paul said, he said, I do this to, to cause a, it's like a holy jealousy in my countrymen, right? They, <laughs> and so the Jewish people, he's like, I'm being an example. You can tell people all day, but your example will speak much louder than your words ever will. So thanks for, for what you guys represent and what you're carrying and releasing. Thanks, Josh. Powerful. So I believe that the greatest I believe that the greatest outpouring of the miraculous that has ever been upon the earth is is happening now. The greatest release of the miraculous is happening right now. Greater uh, than when Jesus walked the earth and the disciples, greater than Azusa Street or the Welsh Revival, greater than the First and Second Great Awakenings, greater than Toronto, greater than anything that's ever taken place. I believe that the, the move, the outpouring of the miraculous is upon us in a way that it never has been before, that it's moving us into a deeper place of the heart of the Father as we operate in the miraculous because sometimes there's a revelation that we don't quite catch when, when we actually get the, the revelation of the more exciting stuff, right? Uh, the more exciting stuff oftentimes is the signs, the wonders, the miracles, uh, the prophetic, and all the things that we get to do that we love and that we teach and that the Bible shows us and that I can't find anywhere, regardless of what some theologies say, I can't find anywhere that says that they have stopped. And so it's why the book of Acts doesn't have amen at the end of it, because it has never stopped for over 2,000 years, and it will continue until Jesus comes back, because if he's still saving souls, you, you agree that Jesus is still saving souls? If he's still sa- saving souls, then he's still healing bodies. Because the same blood that paid for sin is the same blood that paid for sickness. Paid for disease, paid for blindness, deafness, mute people. You know, that's one of the, one of the main things we see is, is deaf and mute when we, when we go to the Middle East. He paid for all of that. He paid for creative miracles to happen. I remember being right, right here when a, uh, a lady's bone grew out of her leg. One was shorter than the other. Her literal bone grew out, making her leg match the other one so she no longer had back problems. Sometimes it's an alignment issue. Sometimes actual legs shorter than the other. I remember right back there in the back of the room when a lady came in on a Wednesday night. I'd never seen her before and I'd never seen her again. I think I was more impressed by the miracle than she was. 
and, and, and that's happened many times. I'm like, I'm way more excited than you are. I don't, I don't understand this. But she, she, actually, she came in. She says, I've got, one, I've got one leg shorter than the other. It's because I was born this way. The bone is actually shorter. And in moments, Jesus grew it out. I was thinking about it yesterday. I'm like, five times we've seen, we've seen bone, bone grow out. You meditate on that long enough, it'll fire you up. Like, you, you, like if that doesn't move you, I'd check your pulse. Like that's, that, that's, the, that's part of what Jesus, he paid for the miraculous to take place. Why? Well, because he loves people and he paid for us to be whole. You know what miracles do? They demonstrate his love and they point us towards him. They show us that he's good and that he's trustworthy. They show us that because when we get excited about the miraculous and we begin to actually move in it, even if we don't quite know who we are, we don't know how much Jesus loves us, or even if we have the wrong motivation, it will always point us back to relationship. It will always point us back to the goodness of the Father. It will always point us to the kind of dad that he is, and it will give us an opportunity to say, okay, this is about more than miracles. It's actually about me knowing you. And me being a demonstration of what you look like in the earth. And part of that is the miraculous. And so it pulls us into relationship with him. It's a wooing. He's wooing us in so, so, so many different ways. He's wooing us into this place. And he's destroying paradigms that say that he's anything else but good. <laughs> I believe that, that one of the main things that we get to declare to our city, get to declare to our nation, get to declare to the nations of the world is that God is a good, he's, he's a good father. You know, I, I get to preach this message when I go certain places and I did it in Pakistan last time and I talk about rela- relationship versus religion and the difference between the two and how cruel, how religion's meaner than sin. Because it tries to make you work for something that Jesus paid for, for, you know, and, and he gives it to you for free. And, he, and religion says, no, you need to do this and this. You need to look this way, behave this way, talk this way. You know one of the number one things that, that people that aren't saved stop doing when they're around me? They quit cussing. <laughs> because somehow they think that how you talk is get you saved. <laughs> now, I'm not saying that you should talk some of the ways you used to before you got saved, right? But it, it's, it's not a heaven or hell issue. It's, 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 you know what I mean? It's, it, it's oftentimes an example issue. It's, you know what I mean? And you can say that it represents holiness, but I, I'm already holy and cussing or, or not you it doesn't have the power to make me not holy yeah, right because he made me holy he said be you holy because i am holy and so when the holy spirit came inside of us holiness was never will never be an issue again the only the only disconnect is in my mind whether or not i believe it <laughs> that's it if I don't believe that I'm holy, you can work all day and night with all the things that you want to do and all the checklist things that you believe make you a Christian, and it will, it will, never, it will never make you righteous in his eyes. You know, that, you know, for many years, I prayed for boldness to go into public places and to go into dark places, and I love to, you know, I don't care, Satanists, witches, warlocks, like I, I love being around those type of people. I love them. They're they're amazing people. You know, I love the New Age movement in the sense that I love to go in there and show them that you're really close. <laughs> you're really close to truth. But let's just slide on over here and realize that Jesus is the only way, right? <laughs> he's the only way. He's not, just, he's not just one way. He is the only, only way. You know, that will never change. I don't care how technological, I don't care how many advancements we make, I, I don't care how much technology we get, it, it doesn't matter. It will, Jesus will always be the only way there is to the Father, because he said so. Time doesn't change truth like that. Those are absolutes. They're non-negotiables. I don't fit his truth inside my paradigm or inside my lifestyle. I actually surrender my life to him and say, it's your will and your way. 
<laughs> we sing it so much better your way, but what's that look like for me? Better your way in, in what sense? It's better for me just to surrender to all your ways. It's just a beautiful, it's a beautiful process of being able to surrender myself to the Father and say, okay. I, I, you know, when I was praying for boldness, I realized that the righteous, it says that the righteous are as bold as lions. So what, what should I probably be praying for? I believe it's I should be praying for a revelation of being righteous. <laughs> I'm wrapped in his righteousness. That's right standing with him. How'd that happen? It happened through his blood, the same blood that paid for, for sickness and disease to be destroyed is the same blood for me to be clothed in his righteousness. <laughs> it says in Corinthians that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. <laughs> We're the righteous. I've, I've read that verse so many times and I thought about it and I was thinking about it over my sabbatical and I'm like, man, this is amazing. You know how you can feel truth right here in your knower? And you get pumped up about it, and you're like, that's amazing. You're fired up, and you're like, I don't, oh, I love this, but I don't know what it means. <laughs> could you please, <laughs> could you please help me understand this? <laughs> because it doesn't, it, 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 it makes sense at a, at a very low level, and I'm like, I need a lot more of, of this, this knowing, this understanding. And all you're getting, get understanding. <laughs> What do I want to understand? I want to understand who he is. I want to understand his ways. I want to understand his truth. I want to understand that I'm righteous because he, he made me that way. It isn't about my behavior. It isn't about what I do or don't do. Will righteousness change me? Absolutely. When I get a revelation on righteousness and holiness because of, of no action of my own, what it does is it shifts me into a place that it actually changes my behavior because it transforms my mind. When my mind is transformed, then my behavior changes. If I'm not transforming my mind, if I'm not working daily, by working, I mean being disciplined and focused and, and strategic and, and actually pointed in some of the things that I do to transform my mind. If I'm not doing that on a daily basis, then the only thing that I can be doing is working hard and, and trying hard to be a really good Christian. <laughs> and the same thing happens in the miraculous. Because if I, I don't understand that it comes by His grace, by His love, by His power, for some, by, because of something He already wants to do more than I want Him to. If I don't believe that, then what I will do is I'll try real hard to make miracles happen. I'll pray real hard. I'll make sure I'm holding my mouth right, put my hand in the right place, right? Like, I'm going to say the right words at the right time, the right way, with the right voice infliction. You know, you're just like all the right things. And then if it doesn't happen, it's like I must have done something wrong. As if it had something to do with me in the first place. <laughs> Now, I realize there's grace and anointing uh, for healing uh, some people more than others, but, the, but healing across the board, there's a gift of God that's on the inside of you. Last week, I mentioned it in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6. Paul said to Timothy, he said, you fan into flame. In the NLT, he said, you fan into flame the gift of God that was given to you through the laying on of my hands or the hands of the eldership. There's a gift that's on the inside of you, and I'm, I'm, I'm not talking about this, the 1 Corinthians 12 gift of healing. I'm talking about what Jesus paid for for every single one of us to walk in the miraculous, that you were created, that you're actually, uh, you actually were created to walk in the miraculous, that there's a gift on the inside of you that it's you, yours and my responsibility to fan that thing into flame. I fan it into flame through truth, I fan it into flame through testimonies. I fan it into flame through looking at other people's lives that are walking in that thing already and getting around them. I get around other people that I want to be like, right? <laughs> you find out real quick if you work in a funky environment uh, that's stressful, there's a lot of drama, which is in a lot of places that I've worked in the, in the secular world. There's a lot of gossip, a lot of that stuff going on. It will either impact you or you will impact it. There's no middle ground. Like it's, I just talked to a guy the other day, uh, a young man, and 
he was working at this certain place, and I'll leave it unnamed to protect the guilty. And he twist. Uh, I actually I actually worked there like ten years ago, and he. He said, I, after a month of working there, I realized that I came home, and every time I came home, I was depressed, I was angry, because he was around people that were like that all the time, and he had no revelation. He doesn't yet know Jesus. He's a young man that I'm kind of getting to know a little bit better, build relationship with. He doesn't know Jesus yet, so he doesn't understand having the authority to not let those things affect him so that he can impact the people that are around him or uh, like we like to say you're a thermostat not a thermometer I set the temperature of the atmosphere I don't take the temperature of the atmosphere because those are only two options (laughs) and so he doesn't quite understand that yet so if you're around those type of people it will affect you negatively if you don't know who you are but when you know who you are and you're rooted and grounded in truth, even it's not like, let me, let me say what I'm, I'm not saying. I'm not saying, oftentimes when I say that, you're, people are like, well, I don't quite know who I am yet. I'm not saying you can't do that while you're in the process. Like we're all in the process. <laughs> let, me, let, me, let me clear this up for you. Do you know that the rest of our lives will be growing in, in identity? <laughs> it's not an excuse to add to, to stay in some funky, negative place for a long time, right? That's part of the process, <laughs> but don't even use that word process for like, like it's just a process, like it's been years. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> I, I, I think that it's, it's, it's been long enough, like we'll get you, let's get you out of this place, right? There's something else, so... I'm not saying that he, he's not waiting for you and I to completely get it, right? It's just catching. When I first read about miracles 15 years ago, when Brian was showing me things about the Holy Spirit, it, you know what? I realized that Jesus had saved my life. I realized that he had set me free, that he had healed my mind. And if he was doing miracles in the Bible, then I should do them too. I was just crazy enough to believe that everybody believed that. I came, I, and then I came into the church world and I realized that that wasn't necessarily the truth. The, I didn't even know there were that many denominations. You know, growing up Catholic, I just, you know, I didn't even, I didn't know anything. I didn't know Jesus. I didn't know truth. And you know what? I found out that that actually benefit, benefits me a lot. It has for years, not growing up in the church world. You know, I'm saying it can be a blessing and sometimes it c- cannot <laughs> and so I just, I read that. I didn't know, I didn't know who I was. I did not know my identity. I worked for five years of my Christianity. I worked hard to be a Christian and I was miserable. <laughs> I had no joy. I mean, I'm talking about no joy, zero, zero joy. I was like the elder brother. I was just working in the field just trying hard to please my God, right? <laughs> Do all these things to please you, and then you make one mistake, and it feels like it's all washed away. And you're like, hurry up, let me do all these good works again. You know, like, let me heap up these good works, and then maybe you'll love me. <laughs> like what I did caused him to love me in the first place. <laughs> he so loved the world that he gave Jesus right? Jesus, it says in Revelation, Jesus was a lamb slain before the foundation of the world. Before anything was in existence, before Satan fell from heaven because of pride, before there was darkness across the face of the deep and the Spirit of God was hovering over, right? Waiting for the Word of God to be spoken so that He could come and shift everything and and separate light from darkness and bring order to chaos. Before any of that took place, the Lamb was already slain. I know this is a lot to wrap your mind around, but just think, before anything was here, He already loved you. It was already a done deal in his mind. So all the thousands of years, he was waiting for the cross to come. It was a plan that was in the Father's heart that they had already agreed upon that Jesus would come and he would take away the sin of the world for everybody that would accept. That everybody would accept this free gift. He had, all those thousands of years, he's waiting in his mind, in his heart. It was already finished. 
Because God lives outside of time, so he's not bound by time. He actually instituted time, so he's not restricted by it. Isn't that beautiful? (laughs) And so he was just, that's why it says in Ephesians 1 that he chose us before the foundation of the world to be holy before him in love, right? Isn't that beautiful? With every mistake you and I would ever make, and the ones that we still will. <laughs> I'm, I'm not, you're like, don't speak things. Sometimes that goes a little too far. Like I'm not speaking things, you know what I mean? Like I'm prophesying over you. I'm just saying that it's a possibility that you might make a poor choice some, sometime in the rest of your life. I don't think that it would be detrimental, but I, I'm saying that it could, it could fall on the side of not being great. <laughs> before, he, but before you did any of that, he knew that it would be done, and he said, that doesn't, that doesn't move me. What moves him is the fact that he loves us. And through all those years of working hard and trying and striving, and, and, and you know what was happening through it all? The prophetic was flowing and miracles were happening. <laughs> people were getting saved. Some people were probably getting damaged too. But, you know, it's just, it, was part, it was an unfortunate part of the process, you know, because I didn't know what I was doing. And God just trusts. He trusts people. He trusts people. He trusts people, and he trusts us. And through it all, what I saw during that time of not knowing who I was, not knowing who he is, but realizing that his power was real, it continually pointed me to him. And yeah, I saw lots of things that didn't happen the way that I wanted them to happen or even the way that the Bible states they will, but I learned to live with mystery and I'm continuing to learn with it because it's one of the most beautiful places to be in. I've learned to live by giving up my understanding on a daily basis because I don't want a God of my understanding. I've, I've learned to, to get out of a place of disappointment. You know, disappointment, things not happening the way that people hope they will or the way that people pray they will is, is the number one thing that I see wreck people's faith. Things not, not If I don't get my prayers answered, <clears throat> if healing doesn't come, if I don't get this, if I don't get healed, if, oh, make your list, right? The disappointments, the things that don't happen, I've seen it shipwreck people's faith. What do I mean by that? They end up with all kinds of weird theologies. God, God only heals sometimes. God only, you know, it's just that people create theologies to protect their heart from disappointment. That we instinctively do that. Like it's part of human nature. It's why your knee swells up when it gets hurt. Your body's protecting itself. That's why you don't remember at times traumatic memories because your body's trying to protect you from it even though not being able to remember it is not actually helpful all for a long time. It's helpful right then, but at some point you need to be able to get that thing dealt with, right, and see where Jesus was and get healed of it. And so your body instinctively, we, are, we instinctively protect ourselves, and disappointment causes that reaction in us. And if I believe miracles happened before and now I don't believe that they happened like they used to, something happened to my faith. And it was, it was likely disappointment. And so I've learned to be able to get rid of that constantly because you, you and I will face disappointment again. And I need to know what to do with it. Because it's one of the greatest stumbling blocks to being able to live this life that Jesus has created us for. And I don't just mean miracles. I mean loving people intentionally realizing that this thing isn't about me, realizing that, yeah, I'm worthy of his love, but you know what? He's worthy of my life being laid down. And that means me going. That means me being uncomfortable. That means me taking risk. That means me actually getting outside myself and not being selfish and worried about building my own kingdom and my own business and my own family only. All that's good, but it's not just about that. And I've run into lots of people more recently than ever that now believe that the Bible may not be entirely true, that you don't actually have to minister to people, that you can just keep to yourself and do your own thing and just walk with God, and that's okay. And you know what? It is okay. 
in the sense that it doesn't change God's love for you. But when it comes to the kingdom, <laughs> there ain't no okay about it. It's not going to change my love. It's not going to change my position in heaven. It's not going to change whether or not when I take my last breath, I'm going to be present with the Lord. It will not change that. I don't believe that it's a heaven or a hell issue, but I do believe that it's a choice. And I do believe that there's something that happens and what's plaguing the church, I believe, more than ever and that God is dealing with is spiritual apathy. Spiritual, you know what, you know what apathy means? I had to look it up. You know what it means? I always like to pronounce things right. I have a team of people that help me with grammar. Unfortunately, they don't always help me with definitions, and so I have to, I have to look them up. But it's, it's when, when something happens in my life that brings disappointment, if a miracle doesn't play, take place or a prayer doesn't get answered, I said this last week too. You know, I love what Bill Johnson said when, when, when his wife, uh, Benny, passed away. He said, you know, God doesn't owe me anything. God doesn't work for me. I'm like, that's a really good word to hold on to and realize that everything that he already paid for me to have everything at the cross. And if he never did anything else for me, what's really important for me personally to do, what I've been able to do, fortunately, with the help of mentors and spiritual parents and, and just pressing into it, is realizing that there, if you did nothing else for me the rest of my life, you've done way more than I, than I ever deserved. Way, 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 way more, way more. And that's it, right? And I believe he wants to bless us. I believe that he's extravagant in his blessing. I believe that all of that stuff. But when I get focused on what I get out of the deal that comes in the, in the natural, then if I don't get it, it will affect my faith. And so there's, there's now more than ever, we're watching in our country People begin to skew views of who God is, what life looks like, what humanity looks like, what all kinds of things look like from, from the political realm to the educational realm to business to everything, right? If you, if you take a good long look and you look too long and too hard, you'll get real messed up by it. What's important for us is to be able to recognize, okay, I see what's happening. I'm not ignorant of the enemy's devices. I realize what's happening, that, that human nature. You know, when Jesus looked at Peter, do you all remember in Matthew 16 when he rebuked Satan? When Peter said, Peter had just, right before this, Peter had just said, when Jesus asked, he said, you're, you're the Christ, you're the son of the living God. And Jesus said, you know, flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you. That was revealed to you by heaven. Like he, Peter had a genuine revelation of who Jesus is. It's beautiful. All of us in this room have had that revelation. Otherwise, we, we wouldn't be saved. If you're, if you're born again today, that's, you got that revelation from heaven. Man can't reveal that to you. Man can bring the gospel to you, but only the Holy Spirit can draw you to the Father. Only the Holy Spirit can actually reveal truth to you and help you to be able to un understand it, you and I both. And so... Peter says this, and then just moments later, when, when Jesus says, I'm going to the cross and all the things that he's going to suffer, Peter takes him aside and he says, no, nah, man, that ain't going down. Like, that's not going to happen to you. And, and Jesus looks at him and he says, I rebuke you, Satan, because you are not mindful of the things of God, but you're mindful of the things of man. What he's saying is, is he says, your human nature and your carnal thinking are actually an enemy of God. They're demonic in nature. <laughs> That's why it says in Romans 8, around verse 5 or 6, he says that the carnal mind is actually an enmity, or it, it opposes God, because it cannot please God. You see how important it is to be able to transform our minds? But you look and you see what carnality and human nature has actually gotten us when you look around the world. You can't blame people for not acting like they're saved that aren't saved. We're usually just happy when people that are saved act like they are, right? So I'm glad that when I do, it's, it's, good, it's good news. And so when I look around, I say, okay, this is what's happening. This is what's causing it. I'm not going to 
get on a soapbox and complain about it, but what am I going to do to be cha- I'm going to be a solution. I'm not going to be a problem. And one of the greatest things I can do is demonstrate the goodness of God through me transforming my mind on a daily basis. It's, it's, it's the basis of everything that we do. When I look at that scripture and say, okay, in Isaiah 53, by the stripes of Jesus, Isaiah 53, 5, by the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. Okay, he paid for healing. Not just for me to be healed. Yes, that's part of the package deal, but all of human, all of, of, all of humanity to be healed. I believe that it goes, it goes way deeper than physical healing. He was bruised for our transgressions, right? The bruises are the things that happen under the skin. They come up, they're the internal things. Because what I've found out in, in learning constantly to walk in the miraculous, whether it's bones growing out or cancer being healed or schizophrenia being healed or broken bones being healed or backs being healed or blindness being healed, whatever it is, what I've learned is that Though God desires to heal the external, he's, he, he's always working on getting to the heart. He's always working on getting inside here. Because you can get healed physically and walk away, and it'll be good, right? And, and a lot of times I've seen people get born again, but I've, I've also seen it to where it didn't change a lifestyle. But when somebody's body gets healed and then it gets to the heart, it actually brings internal change that is lasting, which can bring generational change to family lines. Right? And then it just, <laughs> that, that's what he's after. And so you and I get to be a demonstration of that. And and if I'm going to walk in that on a daily basis, I need to have revelation that is going to transform my mind. You know, I've seen one of the greatest examples of faith that I've ever, ever seen was in my father-in-law, Rich Cannon. You know, after 21 years, 21 years, 22 years, 20, 21, 22, about dad. How long was he sick? 19. I was in the ballpark. <laughs> I was in the ballpark. We have, a, we have a memorial back there on the wall that says that he would rather have died in faith than lived in unbelief. And I watched him. I heard when Brian passed. I was in a different place then, even though I, I knew the family and was just getting to, to be a part of the family, and they were spiritually, mom and dad were spiritually mentoring me. And you know what he said when his son passed that day? Tragically, at 28 years old, he said, God's still on the throne. People don't say that when their kids die. People don't say that when people close to them die. They don't do that. That's not normal. I'm not saying it shouldn't be. It definitely should be, but it's not normal. And then I watched him over the years that I got to know him and through the diagnosis of cancer and through things getting worse and then maybe getting better than getting worse and broken bones or all the pain that he dealt with. I watched him have unwavering faith in the midst of all of it. And I began to, I've thought about that for the last uh, decade. I've, I've thought about how, how did he actually walk in faith like that, unwavering faith? Because that's, that's what God wants for every one of us. And if he wants it, then he has a plan to make it possible because he's a good dad. And he doesn't just wave it out there and be like, oh, you could do this, but you know, you're going to have to try real hard to make it happen. No, I don't believe that's true, but I do believe that my life must be pointed and disciplined in certain areas. And though I can go about... Like the wind of the Holy Spirit that moves, I'll never be able to accomplish all that He created me for if my life is not pointed. And that means that I have daily things that I do in my life that help transform my mind. I must have daily disciplines, and I must be sensitive to Holy Spirit at the same time. Right? It's not either or. It's both. It's both. And I watched Rich, I watched Dad's life, and the one thing that I see that that he did 
that so many are discarding and devaluing as he read the word of God on a daily basis. He, he let that, he worshiped and he read and he led his, he led his reading. It was, I can tell from talking to him over the years that his reading was relational. He did it in relationship. He wanted to know God more. He wanted the word of God to be in him because you know what happens to people who aren't rooted in the word when hard things come? This is an old street term, but it, it, they, they, fold, they fold up like a lawn chair. Right? It's not wrong. It's happened to me. I know it. I know it to be true. I don't have anything to stand on. Right? It's, it's, it's just things. There's too many things in the world that can crush me if I'm not rooted in the word. Right? And I don't do it out of fear. I do it out of relationship. Realizing that, okay, what's the answer here? It brings me back to, to the Word of God. I don't care if they devalue it. I don't care if they burn it. I don't care if they say it's heresy. It's not what I build my whole life off of. It's truth. It's either all truth or it's not truth at all. <laughs> and, and so I get in the Word and I begin to look at the life of Jesus and what it's continually doing to me, and I know it will continue to do, is it's continued to show me who He is and that He's good and that I can do the things that Jesus says I can do the things that Jesus demonstrated because there's a world out there that needs to know that he's good because we can talk all day about how it's bad out there, all right? And I believe that some of those conversations are worth having, but they're only worth having if there's a solution. If there's a strategic way, how am I going to reach? How are we going to pray? What are we going to do? What are we going to do about it? Right? When people come to us with their problems and with their messes, you know, you know what we oftentimes say to them in a very loving and kind and compassionate way? What do you plan to do about it? Because <laughs> you know what? For a long time they used to come to me and, and they wanted me to fix their problems. And then a guy taught me, he said, well, when people come to you like that, because you want to help, right? You want to fix their problems. He said, remember, look down at your wrists. Realize there's no nail prints there. <laughs> I thought that's a good word because <laughs> I can look like Jesus to them but I can't be Jesus for them <laughs> and so I thought okay you know because that savior complex will we'll die with that with that truth right there and so what was he empowered what has he empowered you to do in your area of influence I guarantee it will involve the miraculous but ultimately, what it's going to involve is that I'd be, I know him through worship, through the word, through doing things to daily transform my mind with truth so that I'm compelled by love in everything that I do, so that I look like him and I'm a demonstration. I love that people preach the gospel on the street, right? I like that. Some of it I like. Some of it I'm not real fond of. <clears throat> but... It's neither here nor there. It's my brother or sister that's doing it. It doesn't matter how I feel about it. Right? But I've found out that the, the loudest thing that will ever speak, the greatest prophetic word that I'll ever say, the greatest declaration that I will ever, well, I, I will ever release, the, the greatest legacy that I will ever leave will be both my actions and my beliefs. Me and a friend were talking about it the other day. It's great if you leave your kids an inheritance of money, but money has little to do with inheritance. Because if they don't have right beliefs, they're just going to blow it anyway. <laughs> and it won't do them any good. Store up your treasures in heaven, right? And I know people say, don't be so heavenly minded that you're no earthly good. The only way that you become heavenly minded, no earthly good, is that you've either A, forgotten where you came from, or you've either B, you've not made it relational with the Father. It's the only way. I want to be really heavenly minded and, and, and incredibly healthy relationally. <laughs> and that's why today I feel like as we close that God's going to heal some bodies and that he's going to heal some 
He's going to heal some minds. I, I, this, is what, this is what I feel. I feel like that some of the internal things that we have consistently been trying to minister to as wounds. I'm not negating the fact that there was wounding there, but I believe that there's bad beliefs that are attached to the wounding and that what really needs to be pulled down is the stronghold that's in the mind because the wound's already been healed, but because the belief hasn't changed, it still feels like the wound is there. And then it's triggered in my mind every time something comes up that looks like a similar situation or somebody says something similar to me or anything like that. And then it feels like, oh, this is that thing again. Well, when there's an expectation, I usually will get what I expect. If I look hard enough, I'll, I'll, find, I'll find that thing. If I think people don't like me, if I think people don't see me, if I think all those things, guess what I'll find? I'll find those things. I'm just invisible to people. Yeah, you'll, you'll make sure you recognize that because your mind, like a, a computer search engine, it will look and look and look and look and look until it finds it. Okay, yeah, that's true. I knew it was true. It reinforces that thing that's not really truth but may be true. <laughs> Remember that facts are the lowest form of truth. <laughs> facts will never change my life. Could be good information, but it won't change me. And so what do I need? I need truth. And by that, I mean I need the person of truth. Yeshua, the Messiah, Jesus, he's, he's truth. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the light. Truth is a person. And it's the Word of God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Right? In John 1. And so Jesus is the Word. Nothing will ever take the place from me knowing Him through worship, through relational conversation, and through relational reading. It's that simple. Nothing will ever take that. We'll never get too hip for that. Like, I don't... <laughs> Forgive me if I, I didn't read any of the scriptures to you today, but I sure spouted off enough that I hope you realize that there's word, there's word in there. Will you, let me, uh, let's do this. I've got some words of knowledge that I'm, I'm going to try, and then I've, I feel like that we can, we can move in the direction. I'm not going to have people stand up that believe you, you need like the inner healing that's attached to a bad belief. I won't have you stand up for that. I'll probably have everybody stand up for that portion of it, um, not to necessarily single you out, even though I do believe there's a, a time to stand in faith. Um, but... I believe that God's going to come and do some sovereign, some sovereign. I even believe right now that He's beginning to sovereignly heal internal wounds. And it begin, I even believe, as I was speaking, that some are being uprooted, that there's things that are being uprooted in our minds that are, are being, it's, it's like moving day. He's packing things up and moving them out. It's time to get some new decor. <laughs> new beliefs. He's moving things in. The Spirit of God is moving already. <laughs> I'm glad He never waits for me. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Father, for what you're doing right now. So I felt like these words of knowledge, um, food allergies, digestion problems, spine, spinal issues, I specifically heard twisted spine. <laughs> so, not coincidental, I believe you're here, Janet. And, and a, there was one more stabbing pain that I felt like was happening in the, in the front around the heart area, but I felt like it was also happening in, in the back. A stabbing pain that's in the in the in the heart area in the front and the back. If the, any of those apply to you, will you just stand up? I remember watching a guy with celiac disease. We were at the 
Arab Christian church and he had celiac disease and, and uh, in just moments Jesus healed him. I'd never seen it healed before. That's been probably, I don't know, seven years ago. Digestive issues. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. Yeah, thanks, Father. Yeah, so we thank you right now for all these things. Yeah, Holy Spirit, we just ask that you come with healing. Everything Jesus paid for for this moment. We thank you for twisted spine being made straight. We thank you for food allergies being healed. We thank you for all digestive, digestion problems leaving right now. Yeah, thank you for any stabbing pain. We thank you for every bit of it being getting to the source, getting to the source of it and healing it. Yeah, thanks, Jesus. Yeah, thanks for what you're doing. Yeah, just thank him for what he's doing. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, be healed in Jesus' name. Yeah, thank you, Father. Thanks, Jesus. Were you, were you standing up for physical healing? Did you, you got something for your arm? Go ahead, and if you would, say what's your name? Eric. Eric, yeah, thanks, bro. So, Father, yeah, thank you for what you're doing with Eric right now, just in his arm. Yeah, just thank you. Yeah, thanks, Jesus. Thank you. Every bit of the pain go in Jesus' name. Yeah, won't we just go ahead and do that for the mind thing? You guys just want to go ahead and stand up if you, if you need that today, and the inner healing is attached with that belief. Yeah, thank you, Father. Yeah. Yeah, thank you, Father. Thank you for your ministers of the gospel coming. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Just begin to thank him for his presence. What we've learned is that I focus on the presence more than I do on the problem. He'll take care of the problem. I just keep my focus where it needs to be. So thank you, Father, for your presence right now. Thank you for every single internal wound, the things that you're already healed and healing right now in this moment. Thank you for the, the mind renewal that's happening even supernaturally. Thank you for strategies to daily renew our mind. Thank you, Father, for freedom. Thank you right now. We just take authority over every single Every single spiritual thing, every spirit that's shooting lies to capitalize on this season of our life, we take authority over all apathy in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father, for truth, the spirit of truth even coming right now and bringing reconciliation between our mind and the mind of Christ, and the mind of Christ becoming Lord of our thought life. <laughs> we thank you for it, Father. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you for your presence becoming our new favorite thing. Yeah, as we fall more and more and more in love with you, Jesus. More in love with you, Jesus. And so we release the peace of heaven into every thought process, into every thought Every stronghold, we thank you for them being pulled down right now in the name of Jesus. And we thank you for truth taking their place. We thank you even right now that there's hope rising because of what you're doing. We thank you, yes, Jesus, for hope, hope restored. Yeah, I thank you, Father, for anything that's derailed us from walking in. Everything you planned, I thank you for those disappointments that even right now that we would let them go and that we would come back into agreement with the mystery, <laughs> with the mystery and the awe and wonder of who you are. Come into agreement with not needing to understand. Yeah, thank you, Father. It just felt like that I could see the hand of the Father just taking, like those Ephesians 6, the fiery darts of the enemy. I just felt like he has taken some of those that had actually landed, and he was removing them. <laughs> yeah, yep, yeah, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I remember his main target is your mind. <laughs> and so is the Holy Spirit. It's his main target is your mind. Guess who wins that? Jesus, thank you, Father, for right now. 
Yeah, just a waves of your peace just washing over everything being completely restored. Mind, body, and emotions. Everything within the soul. Thank you for bringing healing in there. I even felt like that that cycle of words, like that record that's been playing over and over and over again, it's like you can't get it to stop. I felt like that Jesus was just, he was taking the record off and he was putting a new one on the record player that had to do with you're worthy of all his love, that you're righteous in his eyes, that he loves you unconditionally, that you're worth everything that he paid for, that you are a child of his, that you are valuable, that you are royalty, that you are a part of the family of God, and you are at home in his heart. I felt like this record was just playing truth of identity over and over again. So, Father, we thank you for renewing our minds as we partner with you. We partner with you and engage in the process relationally. Thank you for taking us out of works and slave mentality, performance mentality into this place of resting, receiving, and releasing. (laughs) Resting, receiving, and releasing all that you paid for for the world around us. And we thank you right now for strategies to reach the world in our spheres of influence, to release the kingdom, to destroy darkness, to bring light, to release love, and bring people into this, into the family of God through loving them extravagantly and radically any way that you ask us to. If it looks like miracles, if it looks like the prophetic, if it looks like a hug, if it looks like giving them something financially, if it looks like listening, if it looks like just being there, whatever it looks like, it's what we signed up for. We thank you for it, Jesus. Thank you. Jesus' name, thank you. Thanks, Jesus. (laughs) Thanks, Jesus. Thanks, Jesus. If you can feel it shift, you felt something shift, just wave, wave your hand at me. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Jesus. Thank you. Anybody that got physical healing, if you knew it, if you had signs or symptoms of it and you know it, just lift your hand if you got healing. Yeah, thanks, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Yeah, you're so good. You're so good. You're so good. We just worship you. We're just going to take another minute. We, I know, yeah, I know we got things to do and places to be, but we would just worship you, Father. We give you glory for inviting us into this beautiful kingdom. We worship you for adopting us as your sons and daughters. We worship you because you are good. You are good. You are the answer. You are the solution. You have been to our lives. You will continue to be, and you will be for the world. We thank you, Father. Yeah, we worship you. In your kindness and in your goodness, we worship you. 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 We thank you, Father, for brand new perspectives. Thank you for heavenly perspective. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. We thank you. Everything that's been done, we thank you, Holy Spirit, for solidifying it, for sealing it, for helping us to live this out. Thank you for relieving us of the pressure. Thank you for relieving us of the pressure of life. And helping us to just take a breath and settle in to you, no matter what's going on, no matter what it looks like. And helping shift our focus to you and seeing things from the way that, from your perspective. In Jesus' name. Yeah, prayer team, would you come? I don't don't know what this is going to look like. If Some people, prayer team, I feel like just a little... I can put this out there. I feel like some people you might just go to to pray for. Some people are going to come to you. Others might might need to 
Might be. I want you to stay in. If you're if you're worshiping, if you're receiving, if you're encountering Him, just stay in that place. You're fine. You don't have to go anywhere. If if you got to go somewhere, you you got things to do today. We thank you so much for being here. We love you guys, but we're not rushing anybody else that that needs this moment, holy moments, God moments like this are not to be rushed through. I've found that they're more important than anything else I have to do in life, no matter how important it is. I don't want to miss a moment with him because he doesn't want to miss one with me. (laughs) Isn't that amazing that the God of the universe doesn't want to miss a moment with me? with you. So we bless what you're doing, Holy Spirit. The rest of you that got to go, we bless you. We thank you again for being here. We pray that this week you would see change, you would experience change, and that you would be changed everywhere that you go through the love of the Father. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to Revive the World Ministries podcast. Join us each week for another message and listen to past messages by visiting us online at revivetheworld.org.